Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in for the Potty Purple Podiatrist on the podcast. I'm going to call it this episode that because I can't remember why I decided to call it with my two buddies, Tim Vizzy Smith and Dave James. I'm joined this time with my colleague Dave James from Kidderminster. Uh, unfortunately, hi, Dave. Uh, unfortunately, Tim can't be with us this evening, so Dave and I are just going to go and cover some things that we think might be of help to you and um, we're going to grab Tim for some of his expertise on another occasion. So tonight uh, we're going to be talking Verrucas, Dave. Hooray! Have you got that? Hooray, Verrucas. We love Verrucas. Right, so in a similar fashion to the last podcast that we recorded, I'm going to pretend to be the client, the patient, the person the individual with a problem contacting you, okay? Absolutely. So we know that one of the common questions, one of the, one of the commonest questions that uh, we come across, and it might not just be because we're podiatrists, it might just be in conversation with uh, friends or family or whatever, is this. I've picked up the phone, I've got hold of you, uh, metaphorically speaking, Dave, uh, and I say, I think I've got a Veruca. How do I know if it is? You come and see a podiatrist and we tell you. Okay, that's a bit, that's a bit of a pedantic answer, isn't it, really? So, <clears throat> it how, is, yeah. How do we, how do we tell a Veruca from, um, say, other things that, you know, which, which might look very, very similar? Uh, and probably the most logical things which you would confuse with it would, would be a corn. So a corn being a, a, a thickening of skin, which a thickening of the epidermal layer, the, the outer layer of skin, which, which sits usually on the bottom of the foot or the top of the toes, or sometimes even on the side of the toes and causes pain because when you press on it, it goes down into the, um, the dermal layer underneath, which contains nerves and blood vessels. So a Veruca probably most commonly gets confused with a corn. And we, we hear a lot from patients who have been to see their doctor and the doctor said, yes, it's a corn and actually it's a Veruca or even vice versa. Now, one of the, the, the biggest things I tend to look for in terms of Verucas is, is the age of the patient. And uh, yeah, I was just about to ask you that, Dave, because um, what, what are the sort of top five questions that you ask somebody that, that comes on to you with a query about a potential Veruca? I suppose the first thing is the age of the patient. So I want to know whether it is somebody who is older, somebody who is younger. So the, the reason I ask that basically is that you're more likely to find that if you have a skin lesion, which is you know, maybe confused for a corn in a child or an adolescent, it's more than likely going to be a Veruca. I wouldn't expect to see biomechanical changes or changes in shape of the foot or changes in, in biomechanical function, which would lead to an increase in load and pressure, which would lead to a thickening of the skin so biomechanical age, function dave translate that please i know i'm talking i'm talking in podiatry speak so let's think about the way that people walk if you have a if, if the way you walk changes and you're putting extra pressure on certain areas you might find that you have bony lumps and bumps which stick out and they will obviously take more pressure from shoes and from the ground so that's when you get biomechanical changes so that's not a veruca absolutely not okay Although, so what's your next question the next, the next question I would want to ask is, you know, how long have they had it for? Is it something which appeared last Thursday and they want, they want shifting today? Is it something which has been present for a number of years? Or is it something which they, they don't know how long it's been present for? 
the the next question I tend to ask is, are there any other areas affected? So they may they, they may well report that they have very, very similar lesions on other parts of the body, like the hands. Um, and they may well have other family members too who have them. And then probably the most important question I would ask is, you know, if you've had them for a while, what treatments have you applied so far yourselves? And those are kind of the, the main questions. But by far, the most important question I ask my patients is, does it cause you any problems? Um, well, I don't like it being there. But does it cause you any problems? Is it something which you will go all out to treat and get rid of? Well, it is painful sometimes. It's a bit of a leading question, you see, because most Verrucas will go within a certain period of time on their own. And probably before we go into the different treatments we, we can offer for them, it's probably worth actually looking at exactly what Verrucas are. Um, now, Verrucas themselves are a virus. And uh, Diane's nodding on this one. You can't see because it's audio. Diane's nodding on this one because that was going to be her next question. So I've preempted it, which is always cool. Um, so Verrucas, Verrucas are a virus. They come from a virus called the human papilloma virus. And there are many, many... What's a virus? Types. So a virus is, um, if we look at, if we compare it to a bacteria, so a bacteria is something, you've thrown me now with this question, that's terrible, I have to edit this one out. Um, so a virus is something which is picked up by the body and you need to treat by creating an immune response. So if you go to, a good example of a virus generally is a common cold. So that is a viral infection and you wouldn't want to treat it with antibiotics, whereas a bacterial infection or a pus forming infection. So, you know, something where you get a, you get a spot or you get a, an infection which produces pus like an ingrown toenail or similar would, would actually respond quite nicely to antibiotics, whereas viruses don't. Um, some viruses will respond very, very nicely to antiviral medication. So if we think about things like cold sores, but a virus essentially needs the body to, to treat it almost from within. It needs to create a, an immune response from inside itself. Okay, so I've decided, I, I've spoken to you, you've explained what a Veruca's like, we've talked about my history, you've found out that yes, I go swimming or I do various activities, in wet environments barefoot and that's led you to pretty much confirm that I've got a Veruca and so what are my options in treating it? Okay so any treatments for Verrucas have to stimulate an immune response and at the same time have to have to cause a localized damage to the tissue itself so the, the easiest treatment for Verrucas is to do nothing with them. Uh, and that's hence the question, you know, does it cause a problem? Because if it doesn't cause a problem, you can leave them well alone and, and they will go in their own time. And most will appear without people noticing and then disappear before people even know they've been there. Um, and we see this a lot in children where children have a very, very fast turnover of, of cells. And because of that, the, the Verrucas come and go very, very quickly. Um, the second kind of treatment we're looking at really is to keep them comfortable. So we look at filing them down. Sometimes with that filing, you can actually cause a little bit of bleeding and that's not a bad thing. Um, that bleeding means that you're stimulating the immune response because it has to form a clot over the top of it. Um, and then you could also use some kind of occlusive tape to, to cover the area. Now, the, one of the bits of advice which we've had in the past is, you know, 
the use of duct tape or electrical tape. And while the theory is that it will trap moisture, and that will make the Veruca a lot softer and more comfortable. Um, and some people would feel that also it can, you know, the actual um, adhesive on the tape can irritate around the Veruca itself and create an, an, an inflammatory or immune response. We wouldn't, as podiatrists, advise that you use anything other than a medical sort of tape. So things like kinesio tape. Why is that? Then. Well, we, really, it's about using things, uh, what we would call off license. Um, if we were to recommend the use of duct tape and you were to have a problem with it, then we're actually acting out of our, almost out of our jurisdiction and we're not acting within our scope. But Google, but Google and umpteen Facebook groups tell me that duct tape's great and mums.net say that duct tape's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So come on, Dave. Absolutely. And Dr. Google, Dr. Google's very, very good for certain things like, you know, what would you like to eat for your dinner tonight? Or what's the best movie on at the cinema at the moment? But Dr. Google, last time I looked, did not have a podiatry degree. Um, and it was open to anyone, unfortunately. And there's lots and lots, and we, we can talk about these in a moment. There's lots and lots of things which are recommended for treating verrucas. And I'm sure we'll talk about those in just a second. But I think the thing is that you know, Dr. Google is there, and this is a debate for a whole other podcast. Dr. Google's there, and, and Dr. Google's not going away. And, and as podiatrists, we need to be able to answer the questions coming off there. But the theory with duct tape is, is sound, but we just advise using it, but using a medically-based tape instead, because those are things which we can use. We don't want you using anything which, which could harm or cause damage. We want, we want to make sure you're safe. Well, let's face it, duct tape, it's a very effective tape, and my son's watched umpteen programs on Mythbusters using it for a multitude of things but at the end of the day it's an industrial tape it's got chemicals in it it's not designed for going on the skin this is what I tell my patients anyway and I'm sure you do the same therefore you know it's not something I'd want to put on my kid would you no absolutely not no absolutely not I use um the, the tape I use in clinic is something called kinesio tape <clears throat> excuse me and kinesio tape is you know for those of you who remember the 2012 Olympics uh, and even the the 2008 Olympics as well um it's a stretchy tape which is used to put over muscles to to do various things it, it's it's cited to improve performance and and you know reduce inflammation and, and drainage of fluid and that kind of thing but we use it and I actually call I actually call it magic tape when I talk to a lot of my patients because they can apply it every day, keeps the Veruca soft, makes it comfy while you just wait for time to come and take over. Um, in fact, a tincture of time is how I refer to it. And that is a, a phrase picked up by my good friend, Belinda, Belinda Longhurst. She's an expert yeah. on these things. She certainly is. And uh, patience is one of the things that people in my experience, struggle with in with verrucas because you do have to be patient and diligent with these things in order to get the result that you're looking for what do you think dave absolutely absolutely and i and i i think the you know i do get people turning up and saying i'm going up going on holiday in two weeks time can you get rid of these five verrucas please and the answer is usually no um well i can get rid of them but it probably means digging a big hole in your foot which you won't like but to, to make sure they resolve with, you know, it takes time. It does take time. We have to be very, very patient with these things. Okay, so just to recap on some of the treatment options that you were talking about, because going back to, you know, we've decided that I have got a Veruca and I've got some treatment options. So one of them is to do nothing and just wait for the body's immune system to do what it needs to do. The other you said was to file it, to bleed 
resting point and allow the immune system to do what it does. The other thing was to use um, a skin uh, favorable tape like kinesiology tape to cover it up, prevent the epidermal water loss, keeping it soft and comfortable. What else can we do, Dave? You can get a number of things over the counter from the, the chemist or pharmacist for it. The most common one is, is salicylic acid and that, that, you know, things like bazooka and selectol and verugon, those kind of things. And they're varying different percentage strengths of, of acid to, to damage the skin, to create an inflammatory response and also to, to cover them, protect them. It, it kind of forms a protective skin over the top. Um, they are quite damaging to the skin and you have to use those very, very carefully. And I certainly wouldn't recommend using those on, on patients who are too young, but we'll, we do get a lot of people who come to us who've tried that already and they can be successful, but I'd probably say that you're looking around 40% of, of resolution. So, you know, four people in 10 will get resolution. The other six won't. Um, but they can be useful if, if used, you know, in, in a very, very careful way. Um, after that, we start to look at things like, yeah, we're looking at surgical resolution for some of them. So you can actually have them, them cut out, but that can leave scarring. You can have them burnt out um, with something called hyfrication. Again, that can leave scarring. Quite often you want to do that under anesthetic. Um, the other thing which you can get over the counter... How successful is that? Do you know, I don't, I don't use those techniques myself, but I think personally the amount... Is it because of the scarring? I, yeah, I think anything which is going to leave scarring has the potential to to cause corns and callus on the bottom of the foot, which is often far worse than the veruca that it replaces. Um, so I think we have to be very, very careful with those things. And they're, they're usually things which are done you know, under either podiatric surgeon or, or, or dermatologist. And there's something which we, we, well, certainly I don't use in my practice. Um, in terms of other things, you're looking at cryotherapy is quite a big one. And there's, there's different types of cryotherapy. If you go to your local pharmacist, there is a little cryotherapy unit which you can use there, which is about minus 20 degrees. It gets down to, which is about the same temperature as your deep freezer at home, and you wouldn't want to put your foot in that. They are not very successful at all. They're very, very low resolution. Um, the cryotherapy we use in clinic, there's probably two different types which we can use. One is full-on liquid nitrogen, which is very cold, certainly below minus, about minus 89, minus 90. And there's some very good resolutions with that, according to some people, although I understand it's about 40%. Tell me how cryotherapy actually works, Dave, please. Two things, really. One is you get a, an actual damage to the Veruca itself. So if you imagine that there's water molecules within the Veruca and you freeze them very, very quickly, you're going to get an expansion of that fluid, which is going to, to burst out of the Veruca, the, the cells in the Veruca, uh, and that will cause damage. And normally the, the freeze cycle is 15 seconds of freezing, which can be quite uncomfortable. Then you let it thaw and warm up and then you freeze it again. So you're expanding those water molecules to damage the cell and then you are thawing them and then you're expanding them again so not only do you get destruction of the veruca tissue itself you also get an inflammatory response because of the damage to the cell so those are the two two ways in which it works but traditionally cryotherapy can be very very uncomfortable and certainly i i get a lot of stories when children come in to have their verucas treated and the parents tell me all about the treatment with cryotherapy they had 30 years before when they were younger and they had verrucas and they remember how painful it was, um, which is always interesting to, to, that, that something like that people remember for many, many years. But yeah, it's, it, it's basically about creating. And yet they bring their own children for it. 
Well, you know, parenting's different, isn't it? And you, you've got to get your fun and torture somewhere else at all. So uh, um, what we, other treatments that we have are things such as, um, ah, let me think now, sorry, Tim has just appeared on our podcast, which he's going to throw us. So Tim might chip in in just a second. Um, Welcome, Tim. Welcome, Tim. How are you doing? Um, so yeah, other things we can look at as well. Once we've got past the uh, things like cryo and acids, we then start to get into the realms of the the more intricate treatments. So these are things like needling uh, and also modern treatments such as SWIFT. So tell me about needling. What's, what's that involved? That sounds as though it's painful for a kickoff. No. Well, it is. It's painful if we don't use local anaesthetic. So needling is where, <clears throat> where we have to apply a local anaesthetic to the skin. Does that mean you're going to put a needle in my Veruca? Not directly into the Veruca with the local anaesthetic, but we will need to apply a needle to the Veruca itself once we've numbed the area. So we basically cause, we, we induce numbness by using the local anaesthetic. And then once we've used that local anaesthetic, we can then pop a, a needle into the Veruca repeated amounts of times in order to create A, an inflammatory response, and B, also destroy the tissue as well. There's also this thing called auto-inoculation, which is where you take some of the Veruca tissue and you push it slightly deeper into the skin where the immune system is more active and that creates a greater inflammatory response which should help to get rid of that veruca the other thing it's it's actually needling is very very good for treating verrucas and warts in other areas so unlike the other therapies where we would be treating every different every lesion so every veruca and every wart what we do with this is we treat one and it should have enough of an inflammatory response to get rid of it as well. So it's a, it's a good treatment when there's multiple verrucas sort of on, on the feet and, and also warts elsewhere. When you say it's a good treatment, what's the levels of success rate as far as we know? Do you know, it, it's interesting. My, my personal results from it is that I, I, I get probably about 80% resolution with them. Um, and that's from one treatment. But they did a research study recently, which turned around and showed that it was a 12% resolution from one treatment. Now, there's a number of criticisms of that. One is that they didn't follow up for long enough. And secondly, they didn't consider the use of a second treatment, which we do, we do offer and we have done on a number of occasions. But I find it personally to be a very, very good, <clears throat> excuse me, very, very good treatment, very, very effective. Okay, so is there anything else that we can have? Well, we have a, a new kid on the block um, called Swift. So Tom Fox, if you're listening, this is your chance to chip in here. Um, so Swift is basically where if we, if, we take, if we take cryotherapy, cryotherapy is about freezing, increasing the size of the water molecules and creating damage and inflammation. Microwave, so Swift uses microwaves to make the little water molecules in the Veruca jiggle around. That jiggling around causes inflammation and also causes, with the heat actually causes destruction of the tissue. So it's on the different scale. We're going from cold to hot. Did I hear you say microwave? Do I have to put my foot in an oven? Uh, you can do, and, and if you do, please video it and we'll get it onto, uh, we'll get it onto you being framed. And what you've been framed is we can win 250 pounds. No, you don't. There's actually a very special microwave emitter, which allows you to put the, um, the little probe. There's actually, a, it, it's quite, a, it, it's a bit big. If Apple made podiatry devices, it feels very, very well made. But it's a very, very small probe, which is about a centimeter and a half across, which you can apply directly to the Veruca with a special cap on top. And you can apply heat directly through that. So no, no sticking your feet in the microwave. 
so the probes what about the size of um a ballpoint pen type thing or I think it's it's bigger than that it's suppose I, I was going to say the size of a cigar but that reference won't you know not everyone will know what a cigar is in terms of size but yeah you're looking about a centimeter to a centimeter a half um for the actual probe itself the actual handpiece is quite a thick handpiece probably about two to three centimeters across at its widest point um and then the length of probably a longer ballpoint pen um, that then has a, a cable which connects to a microwave emitter, which makes a little bit of noise. Um, and that's where you control the duration and the, the actual heat you're applying to the area as well. Does it hurt? Yes, it does hurt. And, and that's where, as with any of these treatments, you have to make a decision about what you want to use for people and it's managing expectations. Each one of the treatments has its own benefit. So, you know, salicylic acid can be used at home. Cryotherapy has to be used in clinic and needs multiple applications and can be a bit, you know, can be, can be a bit sore. Uh, needling, yes, you've got the, the discomfort of having the anesthetic and the discomfort once the anesthetic wears off. Swift, you, but, but the needling, it tends to limit you in terms of, depending on which foot you, you have, limits you on whether you can drive after the procedure and also would be age related as well. We don't like to use it on people who are too young. And then SWIFT, we've got limitations. Well, SWIFT is useful if you, if you come into the clinic and you want a very quick treatment, although it's sore and it hurts. It's, it's a bit like somebody taking a, a little cigarette-type burn and putting that on your feet. It lasts for a short time and then goes, but you can drive afterwards, so it doesn't limit your day-to-day -day activities. But we do have to be careful with certain things with the SWIFT. So we have to think about whether there's any bits of metal in the foot from surgery or if somebody has a pacemaker. Um, or with diabetes, you have to be very, very careful as you know, with most things in podiatry, you have to be careful with diabetes. So all of these things have different considerations. It sounds quite complicated that Dave, for something that's supposedly just a simple skin virus. Um, if, if I were to ask you as a clinician, what's the youngest age? Age that you would consider using something like swift on or cryotherapy or both for that matter or even needling what's the youngest age that you would uh, feel is appropriate or do you take it on a case-by-case -case basis it is on a case-by-case -case basis certainly if we look at something like cryotherapy it's going to be down to the understanding of the child it's going to be down to their ability to deal with the discomfort um, and certainly with age that the older they get the the more logical they can be with the pain um, and what we don't want to do is we don't want to we don't want to scar people for life and, and make them very wary of medical interventions so cryotherapy yeah again it, it's an age thing needling i tend to look at it as um, if a child is suitable for nail surgery, i.e. they can have a, a local anaesthetic injection for you know, partial removal of a, or total removal of a toenail, then in theory they can have local anaesthetic for a, a Veruca. Saying that, you know, we can do surgery on people as young as six um, for nail surgery. I wouldn't want to be treating a six-year-old with needling. I would be looking at, you know, pre-teens probably at the youngest, maybe going into teenagers, so 12, 13 onwards. And, and with Swift, it would be very, very similar. I wouldn't want to use it on anyone probably below about 12 or 13. Um, you have to, people have to really want to get rid of their Verrucas to, to try some of these things because 
you know, they, they, some of them can be painful. Some of them are very intricate and, and take a lot of time. And also you've got the, the actual time to resolution can be quite high as well. So people have to be very, very serious about wanting to treat their verrucas for a lot of these things. Okay. So as a general rule then for somebody that say, I don't know, between one and 10, what would be your most preferred route for treating verrucas? Magic tape, bit of filing and a tincture of time. They will go on their own when they're ready. Just, it's just dealing with the symptoms. So if it's uncomfortable to walk on, we reduce the thickness down, use some tape to keep it soft so it doesn't cause any problems. 99% of the time, that is the route I would go and that's the route I would advise. And and probably the yardstick I use is that would be the treatment that I would use on my own children. And, you know, when I have a, a little one sitting in the chair in front of me, I would want to treat them as if, you know, I was treating one of my own children. Ditto. I agree with you there. Um, and I'm, I'm guilty of being that parent who didn't treat her son's Veruca for many weeks until she saw him limping uh, literally down the poolside during his swimming lessons at the age of about seven or eight and it was only after that I thought hmm maybe we need to try some topical treatment at home here uh, which did work actually after um, a diligent application and I think that's the thing about Veru because if you start to treat them you have to commit to treating them consistently over a number of weeks before you give up and you you can't afford to let yourself be um hoodwinked by the fact that sometimes they get bigger before they get smaller in the first instance because there is more of the tissue that's under, rather like an iceberg there's more of the tissue that's out of sight to begin with than is within sight what do you reckon to that Dave? No I'd agree with that I agree with that and certainly my experience of using something like Swift is that there are a number of patients who you treat and then their verrucas will seemingly get worse before they get better and it's you know it, it's always disheartening when you you look at these things and you monitor them on a regular basis you take photographs you measure them so you can record how it responds to different treatments and you you know you'll go through a certain number of treatments and suddenly it's got worse and it's just like oh my goodness me what do we do but a lot of these times it is about then taking a step back keeping them comfortable and waiting and waiting and waiting and being very very patient which i know people always are very very patient he says lying through his teeth people aren't patient people want quick resolutions but it is about patience let's flip it around then for a second dave so um i'm an adult you know i present to you with a veruca i tell you that the veruca is actually quite painful a lot of the time what's going to be your preferred recommended treatment for me and i want rid of it i've had enough of it well, this is assuming, that, of course, that it is a Veruca, um, because what we have to consider is that being an adult, you might actually have a buildup of hard skin as a corn instead. And we'd want to make sure that it is a Veruca, not a corn. Now, there's fairly simple ways for, for us to notice the difference or to tell the difference. Usually it comes in the actual physical look of it. Um, there's skin lines, a bit like your fingerprints, and what we're looking for is we're looking for disruption of those. A corn will often push them to the side so they kind of go around it, a bit like if you're walking towards a tree, you don't walk into the tree, you walk around it. And whereas a Veruca, you will actually find that the, the little skin lines get disrupted completely. So it's identifying that it is actually a Veruca and not a corn. 
but again, I think the the conversation has to be how much of a problem is it? And I wouldn't necessarily. Treat no, it's a real problem. It's a big problem. I've had enough of it. It's really painful. It's stopping me running. You know, I want it gone. So we can look at we can look at many things, and I think the treatments we would look at would be exactly the same. Um, you know, we would be looking at the needling, we'd be looking at the swift, we'd be looking at whether you treated them before and what we've done. But ultimately, it would be about keeping them comfortable. And I have had some absolutely amazing resolutions using kinesio tape and filing with with people of all ages. So I think I think we have to apply the same logic to it that you know we treat the symptoms we manage people's expectations and we give them the treatment which is best suited to them at that time and what they can manage. Okay, so you wouldn't necessarily be directing me to your state-of-the-art SWIFT treatment then? No, I think, I think we, we have to have a range of treatments in place and SWIFT is very, very good for people who have very active lifestyles, who want something which will will treat one, two, maybe three areas very, very quickly with, you know, without stopping them from going to do the things they want to do. But then if we have somebody who has multiple verrucas across both feet and even warts on hands, the use of SWIFT is going to be probably too uncomfortable and it's treating a larger area which comes with with added cost, and I think that's when we start to employ things like needling, where we can we can pick a smaller area and we can treat it, um, and that will have a resolution for the verrucas right the way across the other areas. So it's like anything; every, everyone's different, everyone's individual. We don't all like wearing the same colour clothes. You like purple, I I like purple occasionally. You know, there's everyone's different, and I think we have there's to. There's only purple. There's only purple. The colour purple, but we have to we have to treat people individually. We have to respect their wishes, and we have to give them the best of our advice and our experience as to what's going to work for them. And and even considering that that often no treatment is probably the best option in in a lot of cases, and I think we have to be aware of that. So you were just talking a minute ago about deciding that it was definitely a Veruca. Now, I'm going to tell you that it's got black dots in it. What have you got to say about that? Okay, so it's either that you're very, very dirty, and that's sock floor, or it's the little capillaries which appear um, as part of that virus process. Now, Capillaries? Capillaries, yeah. Capillaries are like the, the tiny, tiny blood vessels. So if you think about the arteries which come from your heart and they get smaller and smaller and smaller and become arterioles and then we get capillaries which join the, um, the blood flow which comes from the heart and the blood flow which goes back to the heart and it's those little capillaries which your body's almost trying to send out to find out what this Veruca is. The best way to describe it is for those of you who've ever seen Harry Potter or read the books, it's Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. For those of you who like Star Trek, it's Klingons with their cloaking devices. The body knows it's there, but it can't do anything about it. And it's sending out the immune system and the blood flow to actually find out what's going on. But the virus, because it's a very clever virus, will, will actually knock back those capillaries. And it will also secrete in anti-inflammatory proteins, which mean that you, the body isn't alerted to it in quite the same way. So I, I quite often describe Verrucas as looking a bit like a cauliflower with black pepper on it. Um, and that, that's always served me quite well. But obviously they, they differ at different stages. Uh, okay, well, I think we've pretty much extensively covered Verrucas, and uh, I've just got one more thing to say to you, Dave. Tea tree oil. <laughs> Please refer to the previous podcast for tea tree oil. No, 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 and no, and an added sprinkle of no. 
Tea tree oil. It's it's peroxide. For the benefit of anybody that's not already listened to the previous podcast, <laughs> you're going to have to explain that now, Dave. I'm sorry, but I can't imagine for a moment that, that people haven't listened to the previous podcast because it is podiatry gold. Um, okay, so basically, a tea tree oil is it releases something called terpenoids, and terpenoids are a bleach compound. And what happens is that every time you open that bottle, the bleach compounds increase, and you're essentially applying different concentrations of bleach to your skin. And one of the biggest problems you get is something called contact dermatitis which is very, very uncomfortable, very red, and probably worse than the Veruca you're trying to treat. So um, in answer to the question, should we use tea tree oil for Verucas? The answer is no. And should we use tea tree oil for anything? The answer, in, certainly in podiatry circles, is no. And should we use duct tape? <laughs> no. We've talked this through before. No, we use a medical... And I'm just going over all the no's. <laughs> How about Vicks Vapor Rub? Um, please refer to the previous podcast. <laughs> Is that a no then, Dave? Uh, it's very much a no. <laughs> well, I'm going to say thanks for that. You, you, you probably need uh, a, a brew or something after all that talking there, Dave. I think I've just stripped out your entire podiatry knowledge over dermatology on verrucas and uh, fungal infections on uh, toenails and skin earlier. So uh, I want to thank you for that. Is uh, I know Tim's listening in there. Is there anything that you want to add to that conversation there at all, Tim? Is Tim listening? Are you there, Timitus? I am. To me. Me. Yes, hey, I can hear you. Marvellous. So, Hello. anything um, to add on the conversation about Verrucas, Tim? No, not at all. No, I think that was uh, that was really well covered, and um, I absolutely agree with everything that uh, that you have said, Dave. So, uh, so well done, mate. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. All good. What, what, what's your favourite thing about treating Verrucas, then, Tim? Uh, when they go away, <laughs> as we all know, they don't always play ball, do they? They don't always cooperate. You know, we know what should happen. Um, you know, we apply the science, we apply the treatment, but uh, just like everything else, um, you know, we know that also it's you know subject specific, and sometimes it doesn't work. They don't go away. Now, you see a lot of people that are runners. Um, do you find amongst the running population that you see that Verrucas are much of a problem or not at all? I think no more or less than, than, than anybody else. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty random viral infection. Um, one of the things I would say, um, in the context of Verrucas, particularly when on, on, on the bottom of the foot, is that you can find that you know, if there's a lot of hard skin over the top, which you sometimes you know, get with Verrucas, there is a possibility that you can sort of weight shift if the brook is uncomfortable and that might lead to some you know, sort of musculoskeletal overload further up the lower limb as you, you sort of compensate off it. I know this to be true because I actually last year I had a brook myself. And Ooh, uh, tell us more. Yeah, shock revelations. You'll be in the daily mail tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I actually I have one on sort of right on the, um, you know, under the, under the sort of ball of my foot or just to the left of the ball of the foot. Um, second metatarsal head to uh, to you pods out there, um, <clears throat> and yeah, it it did actually cause me to shift shift off it. And were, a, were you conscious that were you conscious that your weight was shifting off it, or was it a subconscious adjustment that your foot was making? Can you remember? No, it was it was it was something I quickly became aware of. You know, I think initially it was it was subconscious, but then you know, started to get some you know a little bit of an ache up the outside of my leg, and thought hmm, this is a bit odd. 
and I sort of worked it back and you know realized that uh, yeah it's probably the lump under my foot that's uh, <laughs> that's causing me to do this so um you know had at it with a scalpel as you do um which isn't easy from the top end you know it's podiatrists we're used to sitting in front of people with their feet out so you yeah. self-treated that nice with the scalpel. So, yeah so i hacked away at myself with a scalpel and um you, you, of course you'd really recommend that people do that would you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah don't try this at home folks <laughs> <laughs> we're where's supposed the, to be the, helping uh, people here the, to uh, medical disclaimer for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean it was it was just, you know, remove the hard skin remove the cause of the pressure and the discomfort um yeah the broker didn't go away it's still there but um you know the the discomfort went and so they need to compensate off it and uh, my leg pain went away so yeah, it's it, right. You know, so so you've certain... you've still got it. Jump look recently. I might have, I have, but I can't. You know, I can't needle myself. So <clears throat> it's um. But I, I sort of take the view, you know, that, that it's, it's it's a harmless, benign, you know, benign growth. Um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't yeah, it doesn't cause any problems. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not. You know. It's not, not going to kill you. Yeah, so uh, I, I take the view, sort of, you know, as Dave said, um, a little earlier, tincture of time, and um, eventually it'll probably go away. But if it starts to hurt again, I shall, shall have, it at, have at it with my scalpel again so it stops hurting. Well, thanks for uh, sharing your <laughs> Bruker experiences with us there, Tim. And uh, thanks for being able to join us before the end of the podcast there. It's great to have you on. Uh, thanks for all your information about Baruchas possibilities of treatment possibilities of not treatment i think we've we've really covered that topic tonight and uh, hope people find that of use so uh, do you want to say bye dave bye dave you want to say bye tim cheer everybody great podcast and uh, i'll sign off as well on uh, on behalf of me and the boys so thanks for listening if you've managed to listen to the entire broadcast i congratulate you for your patience and we'll see you again next time to help you with some more foot troubles. Bye for now. Bye.